What's up, Brian? Hey, buddy. What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? I got a funny joke for you. Oh, God. I can't wait. Did you hear about the woman with 12 boobs? No. Sounds weird, doesn't it? <sighs> if you got to see the word, <sighs> floor snacks. Floor snacks. <laughs> <laughs> What we got going on today, Brian? Man, I'm excited. We're going to have our first interview uh, with a buddy, a longtime comedy buddy of mine, Brandon Gibson. Uh, funny, funny dude. Been out in Hollywood for a while, uh, living that life and, and booking stuff and getting on stuff. And uh, I got a lot of stuff about Hollywood to ask. I think probably most people don't really know how that kind of stuff works, yeah, like the Hollywood I, stuff. I know. I don't. Yeah. So uh, definitely got some questions about that and all the stuff he's doing. And so this is a legit. He's a legit Hollywood actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Why is he on our podcast? <laughs> because <laughs> oh, it's because you know him. Well, I've, he I'm owes me a couple favors. To, uh, sitting next to royalty over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I know a guy that was in the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I am very excited to talk to him. Uh, and besides being very talented. Very funny. He's also a fantastic dad. Like, he's such a good dad. Uh, uh, he not only loves his kids, but he, he's he's the good kind of dad. You know. All right. Well, uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get this going. Let's do it. All right, dads. I'm very excited to bring one of uh, one of my dear friends in comedy on. He is out in L.A. now doing the the actor life and. He just booked a reoccurring role in uh, in a new show that Jason Bateman is producing, which is super sweet. Can't wait to hear about that. Uh, he's got a reoccurring role in a podcast called Exeter, which I'm I don't I didn't even know that was a thing. I can't wait to hear yeah about all that stuff. Guys, dads, please welcome Mr. Brandon Gibson. Hey, fellas, how are you? What's up, What's buddy? Up, Brandon, wow! Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. L.A. looks way better than uh, Tennessee right now. What's what's the temperature <laughs> at out there? Well, today it's supposed to hit about 103. Mm. But but yeah. no like no humidity out there, right? Uh, well, actually, we've had some humidity, which is weird for us. Yeah. Now, in, in L.A., here's here's the weird thing about it. So I live in the Santa Clarita Valley. Uh, that's where uh, – okay, so you know um, Wally World? Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's Magic Mountain. Six okay. Flags, Magic Mountain. That's nice. five minutes away from where I am. From right. there to L.A. proper, uh, like into the city of L.A., is about 26 miles door to door uh in la it could be 85 degrees it'll be 102 103 here that's just because we live wow. in a valley right so when heat comes in it just sits on top of you there was also a show named like santa clarita diet diet or something yeah 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 it yeah. sounds riveting okay so <laughs> it was all right all right so man so I, I i gotta know first of all you look great doing good out there thanks man you Thank uh you. we played uh poker a couple times over covid that's how we kept we kept saying, uh, what What else did you do over COVID to kind of keep that creative juice going? <laughs> well, we did a, uh, a short-lived um, reality show uh, called Gibson Family Quarantine, and I basically just bothered my family. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, we create some bits here and there. Like, we did a whole hide-and-seek episode. 
we did some infomercials oh, fun. and then they just got tired of me. Yeah. Uh, and that stopped. I think we did like five episodes or something like that. Uh, I did a lot of writing, yeah. a lot of writing. Um, and, uh, other than that, man, there, there wasn't a lot to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and remind but, me your kids that you got three of them. What are the ages? Yeah. My oldest, uh, just turned 22. Uh, oh. and then my middle kiddo is 13. My, my little boy, my baby boy is 12. All right. So they're, they're that age where they'd be down to do something silly like that. Right. Uh, yeah, well, my oldest is always down to do something okay. silly. And my son just, he has no, there's no, there's no off switch. Nice. Um, so if you want to do something stupid, he's down to do something stupid. Yeah. My middle child has a great, great, like better than my comedic brain, but doesn't always want to jam in okay. a public setting. In a private setting, we'll be ridiculously stupid right. all the time. Uh, but my son, he came to me about two weeks ago and he said, uh, dad, I said, yeah, buddy. He goes, I think I want you to get me an agent. No way. Uh, I said, okay, buddy. I said, why don't we do this? Why don't we focus? Cause he's, he's big into baseball. Okay. I said, why don't we focus on baseball for now and make sure you have good grades. He's about to go into seventh grade and the school he's going to go to has a great, uh, drama and theater program. I said, why don't we test the waters there? If you like it, then we'll further it a little bit. We'll get you some shots. We'll get some meetings and try to get you an agent and get you out there. But I said, buddy, you got to understand. He said, uh, or I said, uh, it's a lot of rejection, yeah. a lot of rejection. Yeah. Like you got to be okay with hearing no without missing a beat. This kid looks me right in the eye and said, dad, you hear no all the time. Wow. Yeah. yeah thanks, no right. kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's taking nice. me 43 years to get there, and I'm still not even close to being there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, what a uh, little turd. Say all that to, to button it up. You know, he wants to he wants to do it now, and uh, so he'll come down. He'll come down. Like last night, he comes down and he goes, Dad, I think I can do this without smiling. Now we just saw the new Minions movie. He said I can do my kid grew impression, and so he locked it down and did no, no smile, no nothing. He goes, What do you think? And I said, You're making progress. So he's got the interest. Yeah. Um, it's just a tough business. Yeah, and, oh yeah. Uh, well, does it know, scare we'll you? It does it scare you at all to think about him going down? Because, I mean, you know how rewarding, but like you said, also frustrating to the point of depression and everything else. Like, does that, that stuff scare you? I mean, you know, to an extent, just because I know that um, uh, it comes in waves. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like you get a couple of shows or you get a couple of commercials and all of a sudden you're on top of the world and you're the next big star. I mean, uh, right before... Like in 2017, I booked four TV shows and three commercials, right? I mean, just like bam, 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 and within two months' time. After that, I didn't even have another audition for five months. Wow. So that, the, 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 the financial side of it scares me for him, and also the emotional side and the frustrating side and the wanting answers to why but not getting those answers, that kind of scares yeah, me for him, right. you know? But at least he'll have, he'll have somebody there that – at least knows and relates and, and has been through it too. So for whatever that's worth. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll support him. That's the biggest thing. I didn't have support. Yeah. Uh, I started off stand up. I was 14 when I did my first stand up show. Um, and, uh, um, you know, by 16, I had a TV special or my first TV appearance doing stand up 18. I had my own showtime special, but I had zero support. It was all yeah. because I wanted to do it. And, you know, uh, why don't you, why don't you be a youth minister? Uh huh. Yeah, that's what I got. Now, was your yeah. your special at eighteen? Was that just for stand up? Yeah, Showtime. That was when, but that was that was at a time where uh, it was the big comedy club boom. Yeah, so that was right. a comedy club on every uh, corner. You know, 
just like there are Starbucks out here, one on every corner. There's a Starbucks inside of Starbucks here. So there was, um, So that would have been, you were 18, so it would have been the late 70s? Uh, no, no. It was, uh, let's see, I think it was 80... No, I'm sorry, it was 91. Okay, so yeah, that was the boom. That was the late 80s, yeah. early 90s. That was the, the comedy club boom. What got yeah, you? Yeah, man. I mean, what got it was easier. It was easier to get a, a, a special back then. What transitioned what? you into more of acting roles? Um, I'll be honest with you. I I wanted more, and I've always wanted uh, to do more than just stand up. And uh, I just I just said, okay, I'm going. And uh, and I packed my stuff and came out here. And I was still playing at it until I got this one book. It was a book called Audition. It was written by a guy named Michael Shirtliff. And the stuff, the information inside that book and the understanding of, of what he was trying to say in terms of what an actor is versus somebody who's just reading copy, it clicked with me. Hmm. And right after I got done with that book and started implementing the changes is when I started booking. Wow. Um, and I started booking like crazy um, because, again, it, the, the big difference is playing at it and telling the truth in a variety of different ways. And so I discovered that I needed to find that truth in order to be successful in the business. Gotcha. Did, yeah. did you, um, did you have a hard time leaving stand up, or, or do you, do you, do you ever do stand up now? No, no, okay. I did my, what I call my retirement special in 2011. <laughs> um, for, it was a, it was a comedy central special and, um, I did it at the very, when I said I started when I was 14, Mm-hmm. Um, we actually did the special in that or on that stage. It's oh, not a comedy wow. club anymore. It closed down as a comedy club in '91, uh, but uh, it stayed open as a bar with a concert venue. So we got that venue, oversold it, and it was the perfect way to go out, okay. so to speak. Fantastic! Yeah, that's that's amazing. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Is there? There's no, so we Cooper and I we went uh, took our wives to Zany's uh, Sunday night and. I thought I was done with stand up, but man, when I saw the crowd and felt the crowd, I was like, I miss that so, so, so much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah was I tough. mean, I do too. I do miss it a lot, especially when I see uh, some of these comics now that are. I feel like they're they're like right there, but they're missing a thing. Yeah. And and when they when I see that they miss that thing, a bit just forms. But the thing with me, and I know me really well. I know that because I've been a headliner for I was a headliner for so many years that I wouldn't be content with doing just working material yeah. and I wouldn't be con- like I'd have to work it for a purpose, whether that purpose was to do another special or to go on the road again. I wouldn't be satisfied with just doing it to scratch an itch. You know what I mean? Yes. I found during COVID or right after we things kind of went kind of back to normal, I felt the same way. I was like, I, I told Ashley, I don't as much as I love doing stand up, I don't have the desire to go sit in a crappy open mic for a few hours just to try to make a joke funny. Like I, I don't have that drive anymore. No, no. I mean, there's other, there's so many other people doing it, especially in LA, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. you got, listen, the stand up climate out here is you got people, uh, that, that crowd these open mics and, uh, and I would never do an open mic out here just because people crowd it with the same tired five minutes, just trying to get a new commercial agent. I've heard um, that. I've heard people say it, that. It, bringer shows, which you're never going to, you know what a bringer show is, oh, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do not. Do your, as long as you can bring 10 people, you can have, a, you know, you can have 10 minutes. Yeah. But you don't get a, you don't get a gauge. You don't get a true test of what you're capable of as a standup because these people already think you're funny. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's false. And, and I just don't want to jam in that world anymore. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know having, having Bo, our son, like 
I could go sit in an open mic with a bunch of miserable comics, or I could hang out with him. And there's no there's no choice which one I'd rather do. But I, I but you still get that itch every now and again to perform. So I'm, I'm glad you're finding such success out there. Like that's good for you, man. I, I, yeah, that's really cool. Absolutely. Well, the good, I mean, the good thing for me is I love improv, uh, you know, second city uh, alum and the whole thing. And I, and I get the chance to do the improv, um, on a weekly basis. Um, uh, so that's, that's a great way. It was some of the best in the business too. Um, so that's a great way to scratch that itch and get that performance, um, uh, need met without having to work material because improv, you just, whatever you want to do in a moment is, is done. Yeah. Well, you know. I, so before we started this, I was looking for something new to get into and I was planning on going, I'm still planning on going down to uh third coast to do their improv stuff because yep. it was the exact same thing. I told Ashley, I was like, I'm not going to sit down and take a month to write 10 really good minutes. I could do that or I could go create something in the moment for everybody to enjoy and then not have to worry about it again. Like that I, I knew immediately that that's the direction I wanted to go right now. Yeah, and I would recommend it too, man, for sure, because that's what really helped me flex as a stand-up is getting into to improv. Um, too many, too many stand-ups, especially now, they, they're afraid of the crowd, um, and uh, and they'll just do their time, yeah. at, you know, at scripted, and they don't dance in the crowd. Now, when right. I would do a headline set, forty-five minutes to an hour, I would spend fifteen minutes in the crowd because that stuff you cannot write, 100%. no matter. But you sit down and type or write, you know, whatever, however you write, yeah. you can't write the stuff you get organically from the crowd. Nope. And that's where, that's where, that, that's my sweet spot. That, yeah, I, I agree. I, I remember the first time I got to feature, I was like, well, that's not nearly as fun as MCing because MC, you get to just go up there and talk to the crowd and, and right. make everybody feel at home. Like that, that's kind of my strength too. So I was like, I, I, I miss not getting to talk to that crowd. That's, yeah. Yep. Man. Yeah. Yep. I completely fumble over my words when it's written and rehearsed over and over. I yeah, get I can nervous. vouch for that. He does. <laughs> <laughs> but when it's like, all right, I'm not prepared. Let's yeah. go. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's fire. Typically. It's fight or flight, man. That's what it is. And it's yeah. the, for me, it's the best kind of fight or flight because you've got to make it work right yeah. then and there. Yes. Otherwise you're falling on your ass. Absolutely. Well, that was the, one of the best things about doing the comedy bus that we did was that you're on there for two hours. You can't say, all right, Good night, everybody. Like you had to figure out <laughs> right. these people hate me. How do I make them stop hating me? <laughs> and you ha- and you did it. We did it. We did it for years because that's that's what you had to do. And and yeah, I, I've noticed that too a lot with with comics now. It's either you don't talk to the crowd or they're just so awkward doing it. We saw that a little bit Sunday. I felt like you just I agree. You're just talking to the crowd just to because you're supposed to. Like it's it's not natural. Which you know that's not some people's strengths, but like. Yeah, I agree with you, man. When when something off in the moment happens, it's it's, it's the best. Well, I got to tell you, for me, I mean, the gold standard, the guy that I set my tone after, as far as crowd work goes, is Dave Vitell. Really? There's nobody better at crowd work than Dave Vitell, and I'll tell you another, Harlan Williams. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He's the best. Yep. I didn't, I didn't know until I've never been. A- it's so simple and dumb that I heard Harlan do was he said to a guy, he said, what do you do there, pal? You know, the, the yeah, Harlan. That was a good impression. Yeah, that's <laughs> really good. What do you do there, pal? What do you do there, buddy? Uh, and he said, I'm a web designer. And he goes, oh, how is that being a spider? And it's, it's just so <laughs> dumb. But it's just something that he just jumped off with in, in the moment. And it was awesome. He's the, oh god! I've I've never gotten to see him live. He's definitely on my on my bucket list. I didn't know Attell did so much crowd work. I've never seen him live either, but oh, I've never been necessarily a huge fan. 
there's another one called Bumping Mics that's on Netflix. It's David Tell and uh, Jeff Ross. Oh, uh, okay. And, and, and man, if you haven't seen that, do yeah. yourself a favor. Okay. Because um, they bring people up and they do bits that aren't, I mean, it's just, it's all right then. Right. Fun. Yeah. 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 I've seen a couple of his things that were live at the moment. Of course it was recorded right, for yeah, me yeah. to be yeah. able to see it, but uh, yeah, it was, yeah. it was beautiful. Okay. Well, yeah, he's that. great. Yeah. He's brilliant. Cool. Brilliant at it. Now, one thing that I don't know about you is the, anything about your wife. <laughs> you are married. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Married. It'll be it'll be twenty four years this September. I've seen pictures wow. of her. She's lovely. I just have never met her. She she's great. She's uh, uh she's in Denver now on a on a work thing for a couple of days. Yeah, my uh, wife tells me that too. Is, yeah. She wants nothing to do with the business outside of making sure my checks come in when they're supposed <laughs> to. <laughs> we may have married the same lady. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I tell you what, if she wanted to, she would be a shark of a manager or an agent. If really? she knew the business, yeah. she would be, I mean, she would be ruthless. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Teach her the business then. Y'all could make a bajillion dollars out there. Yeah. It, there's just so much to figure out here. Yeah. And the process here is just to, you know, you got to spend years in it just to, just to get surface level. Yeah. Uh, and learn from people who have been in it for a long time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, she, she, uh, uh, she, she worked for um, when we were in Nashville. She worked for Florida Georgia Line, running one of their businesses, which I know is one of your favorites. I'm going to let that slide because we're cool. <laughs> but <laughs> what did she do for them? Did she write their songs? <laughs> she, she ran. No, she ran. They they owned a co-working space right next to their record label. Oh, okay. And she ran their their co-working space, and and she liked that job. It was great for her, um, and she still talks favorably about it. Uh, but, uh, but now she's working for a company, quite frankly, I don't know exactly what she does yeah, because she, probably better. her job is always transitioning from one thing to another. Okay. Uh, but I know they help people like big businesses, um, strategize to get into a different arena that they've been wanting to get into, or they feel they need to get into. Like they just picked up Google, uh, which, uh, I don't know if you've heard of them familiar, no. uh, Uh-oh. a small company they're, they're an upstart. Swear to God, I just heard of uh, Zoom like when we started this podcast. <laughs> so what you're telling me is she she uh, carries the insurance in the family. Uh, actually, believe it or not, no. Really? Uh, Look thank, at thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's Screen Actors Guild Insurance. Okay, and, uh, and we've been with them for uh, the only year we missed was the year after COVID. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so no, I, I carry the insurance, and hers is secondary. I didn't know. Uh, so what is the what's? I, I don't know anything about the the actor's insurance. Um, it's it's uh, the the best is really uh, the union guys, the teamsters, uh, the crew people. They have the best one. It's called motion picture insurance, okay. and theirs is fantastic. Yeah. Sad is I mean they're they're okay, but uh, and I don't mind putting this on record. They've gotten worse, and I'll tell you one of the things that they did. <laughs> you heard it here first, floor snacks. <laughs> yeah, feel free, feel free. Uh, so in order to make uh, uh, to qualify for benefits, prior to the pandemic, you had to make a little over $16,000 in SAG wages okay. in a year, right? So pandemic hits, everybody goes locked down, nobody works. In that time, they did not allow any recourse for nobody working, and during that time, they stepped it up from sixteen thousand to almost twenty-seven thousand dollars. While nobody was working, they upped it. Yes, sir. Wow, that's the Hollywood elite for you. <laughs> it's 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 frustrating. Oh uh, my and god, the, dude! The premiums, even though the premiums are still low comparatively, yeah, uh, 
it, they stepped those up uh, a, a nice chunk as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that's it's kind of a bummer, but uh, but I have some plans uh, to potentially. I'm I'm considering running for some office in SAG and getting on some committees to try to oh, make some big really? change. All right, yeah. good for you. Nice. Yeah. Very, very There's cool. There's a lot of things that need to be changed, and, and that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but so, yeah, I, I just want things to be better for the actor, and it seems like things aren't as good for the actor as they should be and yeah. definitely could be. Okay. It's yeah. funny because I think people that aren't in the industry hear that and they think, oh, yeah, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, I'm really, really worried about those guys. But, like, there's for every Clooney, there's a thousand, you know, just regular guys trying to make a living and support a family in the industry. Well, here's the interesting thing about Screen Actors Guild. It's it's you can't really call it a union because it doesn't act as a union because other other unions, they try to get their members work. Right. Right. Yeah. No, you're on your own. You're on your own. And it's to the limit of your abilities and your agents abilities to get you into these into these doors. And believe it or not, only two percent of Screen Actors Guild are what's considered working actors. In other words, they make enough to qualify for benefits. Wow. Only two two percent of that percent. About point six percent are household names like Clooney, Pitt. Uh, uh, you know, Charlize Theron, you know, those people like that, you know, and have yeah. heard of the rest of them are schlubs like me, just, you know, trying to get from gig to gig. Man, that super, like we, you've got a better shot at making the NBA than you do as an being actor. an actor. Right. And That's I've, true. I've seen you not play ball, but I've seen you walk. Um, and you're a Florida <laughs> fan. So. <laughs> are y'all, are you from Florida? Is that? No, I'm from Memphis. Okay. How'd, how'd the Florida thing happen? Uh, quite frankly, uh, when I started playing ball competitively, um, I was about eight years old and Memphis has never been a football town. Yeah. Uh, and so I just, I just started picking who I was going to follow based on uniforms. And I kind of liked the Gators uniform at the time. Wow. Okay. That's not as moving as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> See, Ash- Ashley loves the Gators because her dead granddad, that was his, and that's all he ever wanted was his grandkids. And this is a big, long, sweet story, but you're just like, oh, their colors are pretty. Colors are pretty. Yeah. <laughs> also like the Pittsburgh Pirates. Same uh, thing. Because of the Pillbox hats. Now, yeah. Now, that, when I was coming out, I was a Cardinal fan, but I love those Pittsburgh uniforms. Yeah. hundred oh, percent. I think the best in, in, in the league. They Absolutely. Were, they were fantastic. My high school colors are the exact same as Florida Gators. So it's like. Awesome. No, looking at high school pictures, I'm like, oh, we were so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the colors, or no, shut up. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you an interesting story. Uh, I knew when I was little that I was going to go into this business. Um, when I moved out here in '96, initially, I came out here a couple times before it really stuck. Uh, I was going through my stuff, packing all the books, and I'm one of those guys that when I'm going through stuff, I like to look through stuff just to see what I was thinking, you know, at a particular time or whatever. So ran across this book called My Child, My Childhood Diary. My mom had given me when I was in kindergarten. Oh, nice. And it was supposed nice. to like eight or nine pages in each section. Kindergarten, first grade, second grade, all the way up to senior in high school. Well, you know I'm not going to keep it past first or second grade because I was a kid. I right. was a dude. Right. I was a, it, it, too many other things to get into. But I did keep it for three years. So I thought, I wonder what I was thinking when I was in kindergarten. So I went back and I'm thumbing through and it says my teachers, you know, what I like to do, who my friends were. And at the very end of that first section, it said my wishes. Now, keep in mind, I was in kindergarten when I was uh, when I wrote this. Under my wishes, I had written Dunkin' Donut commercial. You wrote a Dunkin' Donut commercial. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I had written to go to L.A. and be a famous comedian. Wow. Yeah. As a kindergarten kid. The same. Yeah. 
been good. You, you man. put it in the universe. Yeah. It happened, man. Put it out there, man. Yeah. Put it out there. But now, now, when you when you decided, okay, this is you know, when you were older, obviously, and this is what I'm going to do. Was your was your parents cool about it, or did they think you were crazy? Uh, you know, like anything else, it took them time. You know, because I mean, you know this from that part of the country. Anything in in the arts and entertainment world yeah. is like, oh, okay. Yeah, you'll come back and work eventually. Yeah. You'll get, you'll get that out of your system. Right. And, well, so where where we're from, and I'm not too far from Memphis up in Kentucky, it was either, oh, you want to do that? Well, you must be gay, or yep. you're going to go get that out of your system and then come back and get a job and settle down. Come work back yep. on the farm. Come Not back on the farm, you butto. It wasn't that rule. But, but, <laughs> but yes, that, you know, that was, yeah, it was, it was one of those. There was definitely no support like there is now. So no, I agree. But what, 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 uh, field was your dad in? Uh, my dad, uh, just retired recently. He was a biomed engineer. Okay. Okay. So that's the opposite of a comic. <laughs> yep. Yep. But I'll tell you this. And my mom is a teacher and they support me fully now. As a matter of fact, when financially mom- or emotionally. What's that? That's it. Financially or emotionally, they support you. Oh now. no, 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 emotionally. <laughs> um, uh, but but uh, mom at a point started collecting newspaper clips oh. uh, whenever there'd be a new thing, or she would cut out something in the uh, the, the TV guide if I was going to be in an episode of something, and she would keep a book. And my dad was really supportive um, uh, once we got to a point as well, and so they're they're all very supportive now. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it took it took a few. Like holy crap, you're on. You're actually on that show. Yeah. Okay. You're 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 actually doing. Okay. Great. Yeah. Let's let's. Let, okay. Yeah. I'm in. Okay. At least um, they came around. Well, it, it, yeah. I would say you hit it off pretty pretty young at 18, having a Showtime special. Mm-hmm. You got to be as a parent. You got to be proud. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty quick. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it did happen pretty quick. Um. But you know, coming out as a as a road stand up to LA to be an actor, uh, the odds are monumentally a- against you because yeah. again, I wasn't trained. Uh, I, you know, th- you got people that went to Juilliard, uh, you know, NYU that are coming to LA and they're, uh, you know, you got second city alum from Chicago. You got all these big hitters that right. are bringing all their talents. And I went there raw other than stand up experience. That's it. You so showed the odd, them. And not to mention my casting category. I don't know if you noticed, I'm an average white dude. You know, I was going to mention that next. Actually, I had a question about that. <laughs> so, is is that does um, does that help or hinder your roles? I mean, you could play anything, but yeah, yeah. On paper, I could play anything. Yeah. But here's here's the catch: I'm not goofy enough looking to be extreme character, but yeah. I'm also not leading man. So okay. I'm in a vanilla category. So in order to stand out, I have to do additional things that other people aren't doing. So I've had to get creative in ways that other people aren't even trying to consider just to stand out in my category. That's gotcha. right. Um, and I've been one of I've been fortunate, um, you know, not what I've been fortunate and I've been one of the blessed ones. I've, you know, I've done over 60 national commercials. I've, I've been on over like 40 network TV shows and I've got I've got a nice body of work to show for it. And I'm not done yet. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's uh, I, I never stopped the hustle and I never had a backup plan. That's the big thing. I remember moving here. Uh, I've got a buddy who's a very like sixty number one country song hits, like very 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 successful guy. And we were talking about just the similarities in comedy and music and the industry and everything. And I said at, at the time I was driving a truck, I had my CDL, and I go, "Yeah, um, I'm keeping my CDL just for a backup plan." And he looked me dead. Now this is like a like a hardcore like good Christian family man, like like salt of the earth dude. And he goes, "Man." 
backup plans are for pussies like that. <laughs> and I go, yep. oh, because if I've got something to fall back on, I will fall it's back always on Always your it. drive. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you keep your foot, and this, I've got an acting studio out here, and I've had it for, you know, I had it in Nashville there yeah, as yeah. well, and I had it out here. And I always tell people, as soon as I meet them for the first time, if you can see yourself doing anything else, do it. Yeah. If you've got one foot in a safe area, you can't put both feet forward towards what you want. Agree. And that's scary, but 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 it's also it also the truth. Speaking of first times we made, I remember the first time I met you. Do you remember? You probably uh, don't. There's no I, reason I to. Your, I took your tour. Yeah. Uh, Richmond had me get on your tour first, and then, uh, um, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about that today. Gil was super annoyed uh, that I I was because I was supposed to meet and sign in at uh, one of the clubs on Broadway. Uh, and he was super annoyed that I didn't go there first as if I had that information. <laughs> Gil, Gil was our, our bus driver, and he, like, from the back, he looked like Amy Lou Harris. <laughs> and from the front, he looked like a like a cigar. <laughs> 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 but he was the best. We had so much fun doing that. But I remember you came and you sat in the back on the right side all by yourself, and I remember yep. thinking, well, that guy's weird. <laughs> and then afterwards, he told me who you were, and I, I'll never forget because I had – I usually was pretty happy with with the job I did, but I was like, I just was off that day. And I'm like, well, this guy, he's going to come thinking he can be better than me because he showed up on the day I was off and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that was that I will never forget that that was the time that we met you. I was like, oh, man, I sucked in front of the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time, too, um, I had I was I had that Geico commercial running. Oh, yeah. 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 And that was running like crazy. That ran for a year and a half, man. That's fantastic. That's- yeah, and that that uh, that was what was that was hot, and so that's what that's what Richmond led with in telling Gil who I was, and I love Gil by the way. I don't I don't yeah. want what I said to to make it seem like I love Gil. He's he is one of a kind, man. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but that's what he would his information like. Hey, our new guy, he's on the Geico, he's on that Geico commercial. And I'm like, no, just say I'm the new guy. Please don't yeah. put anything up there. To, <laughs> that is 100 percent the way Richmond would introduce anybody. That that does not surprise me at all. Hey, here's yeah. something about the guy that's going to make you hate him. Have fun. <laughs> yeah yeah that is that is awesome what what, what transitioned you into te- wanting to teach people how to act as opposed just to going and, and doing auditions and acting it goes back to what i was just saying about uh you know why, why i have the studio um and and uh and and giving people sound advice because Again, I came in, as I said, I came in with nothing, no knowledge of the business Mm -hmm. other than how the stand-up world runs. So I hit a lot of speed bumps, a lot of pitfalls, a lot of bad choices, a lot of, hey, you should never do this kind of stuff. So in the time that I was here, I had a lot of success despite those roadblocks. Okay. So my goal was if you come to L.A., the odds are against you anyway. So why not try to help people get to their goal without dealing with all the bullshit? Yeah. Get the bullshit out of the way. If something, you know, teach them that if something walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. And if you don't like ducks, get away from that duck. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And if you so do that, put, I, a little, put a little I, coin I, in your pocket, make I, a little bit of money off of them. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is I charge intentionally. I charge half of what any other studio in town does. Oh, and really? I do more because I'll provide uh, career counseling. I'll help people get agents and managers. I also produce content for people who don't have stuff for a reel. Wow. Good for you, buddy. So all that. For I didn't know you did all that stuff too. That's amazing. And, Good for you. Yeah, we shot three commercials for orbits and one for Amazon for, for some of the students to get content. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and there's only one of my students that's come through in the time we've been back in LA 
that has not gotten an agent or a manager and has not started to book. Wow. Yeah, and the reason why is he hadn't put himself out there yet. Oh, okay. he's just waiting. Right. Yeah, he's nervous. Okay. Yeah, he's scared. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Um, that, well, we'll definitely get all of that information up on on our stuff too for for people looking out out that way. That's that is so cool. I did not know you did any of that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want too many people in this town capitalize on right. actors and oh, oh, here's an opportunity to make some cash. And right. I'm not I'm not that guy because um, I'm a big believer in karma. And if you do right by people, then right will come by you. And um, and as a result, you'll have some success, maybe a little sooner than you anticipated. Well, I wish more people in the entertainment industry were like that. Me too. That, and, and look, cow. even though I'm just a, a drop in the ocean, yeah. um, if I do it, then somebody else may be inspired to do it. And we could make a shift. It, it's not going to take over, but we can make a shift and a wave of people who want to do good for each other. The business doesn't have to be dirty. Yeah. Right? Might change the union. You never know. That's when, the idea. When when does uh when would you be if you do end up running for a position? Uh, when would that be? Like when would you do that? Maybe within the next uh, two years. Okay. Um, I, I've still got some I've got some things that I need to straighten out in terms of a plan to get commercial contracts back because most commercials have gone non-union, and uh, and we need to get those back. And I've got a pretty uh, elaborate and extensive plan on how to get those commercial contracts back. Okay. And it's going to take a lot of time and energy and a lot of effort from a lot of big hitters. Well, this sounds like it may be, my question may lead to a, a complicated, boring story. So I apologize if it does. But how how does, how does do the commercials go from being union to not? Like, how does that happen? Um, okay, I'll give you the summation. So um, whenever big companies like uh, Heineken, General Motors, uh, they start uh, establishing their advertising stuff, uh, they'll sign what's called a signatory with SAG. So in other words, they say they're going to do SAG contracts, use SAG contracts for SAG actors, right? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, several years, quite a few years ago, some of those ad agencies that signed those contracts started breaking contracts and producing non-union. Oh. Uh, so when they do that and other big businesses see that they've done it and other big agencies see that they've done it, then they start going, okay, we can save money. And they start breaking those contracts. Well, if SAG doesn't have some sort of reason to get them back, then they're just going to keep falling like dominoes. And as a result, SAG has lost a lot of contracts, a lot of contracts. And in a desperation move, they've tried to get some of them back and are pleased with getting regional contracts yeah. or local contracts, which aren't, they're not, they're not impactful. Yeah. But the thing they're doing now, and this is pretty disgusting, there's now something called a branding short film contract. So I want you to think about those words together. Branding short film. What is a branding short film? Commercial? A commercial. Yeah. Right. And they pay a fraction of what a commercial contract would pay. Oh, that sucks. And they're pleased by that. And oh. I am not. And neither are any commercial yeah. actors. I started to say that's a lot of a lot of people, probably most people start out doing commercial. I mean, that's the only auditions I've ever gone on were commercial auditions. Like that's what you start doing. And then for a lot of people, I mean, yourself, you get a national commercial that pays the bills for a minute to where yep. you can go do some other stuff. That sucks. Yep. Yep. So I've got I've got some ways to change all that. Um, and and they're still not giving due diligence to to what the Internet has and new media has. Yeah. They're not giving the due diligence and the pay, you know, the pay that comes along with that. And I've got ways to get that stuff back and get it up to where it should be and create a standard to where I mean, there used to be a day where if you book two national commercials, you could buy a house off that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it might get you through a cycle. Wow. Which is time frame. Wow. That's you know, you've got our vote. We are. <laughs> you send me a sign, I'll put it up in the front yard. 
You've got our support. I mean, whether you decide to do it or not, like just the fact that, and I'm sure you're far from the only person talking about this kind of stuff. It's like good for y'all for, for getting the awareness out and, and even small changes. Like you got to do that first before anything big changes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it starts with one little thing, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's historically any big change starts with one little tiny change and one person making an effort. And then if you get other like-minded people to back you, it just makes your cause and efforts that much more powerful. And uh, so you got to start somewhere. Now, this change, you know, the change that I have in, in mind is not going to happen overnight. Yeah. It may take three, four, five, six, ten years. But if we can get to a point where you can make substantial money again under a SAG contract and get all these big advertisers to come back again, then it's worth the fight. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. And if you can yeah. uh, just use your powers to get gas under three bucks again, if you can do that. Dude, our well, it's gone down here, and I think I paid five seventy nine yesterday. Oh, good lord! It's been under yeah. four, and and it's been under four a few places around town. Um, is there anything? Do you have anything on the books uh, after the show, or how how's that work out there? Do you focus on one thing, or or when you've got like the show you're about to do, are you just wondering what am I gonna what what am I gonna do after this, or like how's that thought process go? Well, I mean, you know, you're always if you can stack as many things into one time frame as you can, so be it. Because yeah. uh, the way it works with this show, like I've got several shoot days and then I've got several hold days. If I've got hold days and I'm not locked down to a shooting schedule, then I can go shoot something else okay. if, if the opportunity arises. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, we just try to uh, take that um, take that booking um, to a fresh, like, Hey, he just booked a recurring, uh, you know, on Apple TV plus, and you know, it's, it's this and this, and they try to use that as a pitch to get me in the room for other shows gotcha, or other gotcha, movies gotcha. or, or commercials or whatever. That's yeah. how you landed this podcast. I'd never heard of you. And then I found out you did a Dunkin' Donut commercial and I was like, <laughs> we got to get this guy on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I, I've always been curious cause I've never, never been out to, uh, to Hollywood, but I've heard a lot on a lot of other podcasts and stuff. Actors talking about how a job, like you never feel like, okay, I made it. You're always thinking, okay, after this is over, I've got to find something else to support myself. You know, it's kind of, well, if you think about it, every job that you get, you're going to get fired from. <laughs> don't, don't yeah, not know it that. Ends. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah, that's you know, true. And it could be okay. Today you worked for us. And at the end of the day, you're fired, you're released, not fired, but you know what? You're yeah. going to lose every job that you get, even if it's for a season. I mean, I was on a show years ago that, uh, they had just announced the second season. They said the first season was great. We love it. It was on Fox. Um, and it starred, uh, Dakota Johnson, oh, wow. uh, from 50 shades and, and also Nat Faxon, who, if you don't know who Nat Faxon is, you you do you just don't realize okay. it. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, it's called Ben and Kate, and we had just gotten into the second season, and uh, I think it, the show was four episodes into taping, and Fox showed up on location and said, "Shut it down, everybody, go home. Show's canceled." Wow. On the second season. Yeah. Wow. And the second we weren't even like it was four episodes into filming, <sighs> and they said, "Okay, toodles, bye, thanks, peace out." So you should have followed Dakota to uh, the Fifty Shades and been been a guy in there. I'm not one to tell somebody how to run their career, but that's what I would have done if I was you. Yeah, I don't know if you, your camera's smudged or something, but this doesn't fit in Fifty Shades. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a very 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 good point though. I, I didn't think about like you're going to lose. I'm not. You're not always going to do the job you're doing now. So yeah, you just... and you get residuals. You know, you get residuals, and that lasts. But those get smaller and smaller and smaller. I have gotten checks made out to me that someone actually filled out put in an envelope, put a stamp on and mailed it to me for $0 and zero cents. 
they printed a check and mailed it. They cost it cost more to buy I started the to say, yeah. print the check and get the stamp than it did for them to pay me. Sounds- but there's others where you get, you know, an unexpected two or three grand, you know. So okay. um, it's, it, it can be the gift that keeps on giving, but eventually that's going to that's gonna end as well. I mean, I did a NCIS, an episode of NCIS in 2013 or 14, and I still get paid overseas residuals for that. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But, yeah, I mean, you, you always, you're always looking for the next thing, and you try to just – roll it whatever you just did into the next thing and hopefully you've got good enough representation to where they can get somebody on the phone and say bring him in he just did this this and this okay that's why see and that that's the whole part when i think about bo if he decides to go into the entertainment industry like that whole the managers the book like the the whole political part of it which i mean that's in any job but like so much of the entertainment industry hinges on who you know and who can get you in front of, of everything. And like, that's just, that just scares me to think about my kid yeah. going to the, even though that's what I did. And, and, you know, here we are, we're still alive doing stuff, but like, that's just scary when you think about your little ones going in such yeah. an unknown territory. It is. And it does help, you know, when you've traversed the terrain, yeah. so to speak, and you've been through the rough times and the good times, and, and you can kind of guide them in the right direction. Because I'll tell you this, there's not one person that's ever going to take advantage of my kid because I have had uh, yeah. advantage taken of me in every way possible. Uh, and so I know what it looks like. I know what it smells like. I know when something's not right. Yeah. Uh, so I can I can at least, you know, help them avoid those pitfalls uh, in, in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Very, 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 very nice. I, I was just thinking about uh, trying to warn Bo about comedy club managers, but I think Oof. if you just say all of them, that that accompany <laughs> that covers yeah. well, everybody. Well, it's the old joke: if you're stuck in a in a room uh, with a gun and two bullets, with a hungry lion, a pissed off bear, and a club owner, what do you do? You shoot the club owner twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that I've met some sleazy guys. Oh, oh. the worst. But I'm sure those guys, there's not any sleazy guys in uh, in Hollywood and in, in, yeah. in acting at all. Not a single one. All right. Do we still call it Hollywood or we call it L.A.? Uh, I mean, it depends. I mean, I, I don't really call it Hollywood. Um, I, I think everybody outside of Hollywood pretty much calls it Hollywood. Yeah. And it's if kinda, you're in it, it's L.A. It's kind of like Nash Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> only drunk white chicks from Alabama called Nash, Nash, Nashville, yeah, right. Nash Vegas. Yeah. Woo, we going up Nash Vegas. <laughs> I've only been to LA once. We drove through. Uh, me and Ashley drove through, driving through across the country. But I've never. I've always had a draw towards New York. I've never had any. You now. You never lived in New York, did you? Never did, and I've only been there once, uh, really? but I didn't really get to do anything because I was shooting a show where they had me sequestered, and I couldn't get out okay. and do anything. Um, so I want to go back and, and check New York oh, out. Man. But the big difference in New York and L.A. is L.A. is a TV and film town. Right. New York is a stage town. Um, yeah. And and so I don't know that I would do – me personally, I wouldn't do as well in New York because yeah. there's so much stage. And uh, while I can uh, and have gotten on stage on, on a bunch of things – it's not my jam, and those people are far and beyond better than me in that regard yes. and have more of a, a vested, rooted interest in it. Now, when you say stage, you are talking about Broadway, right? Broadway, off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway. Any yeah. stage in New York that you can get on is considered a New York stage. I like it. Yeah. I can't sing, dance, or act, <laughs> but 
besides all that, there's never been anything else that's drawn me towards the theater stuff. Like, I just, God bless those guys. I love watching their, like you said, they're the, the guys that are up there doing it. Like, you can't just come to town and start doing it. Like, oh, it's it's a whole, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, and I got so many friends that that that's their world and that's yeah. what they do. And I'm just in awe whenever I see them up doing their thing. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, you know, and I look at it. Uh, uh, you know, I used to not care for musicals. You know, I grew up going, eh, I don't, I yeah. don't really like them because it's not real. But I got to tell you, if you let go of it and you just look at it for what it is, man, it's beautiful. It, it can be super powerful. Yeah. That's how I've always been, too. Uh, we got tickets to TPAC, the Tennessee Performing Arts Place. Yep. Place. <laughs> that place. <laughs> that place. That building. Yeah. And uh, same thing. I never liked musicals, but I haven't watched some really, really good ones. You're like, oh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I like doing it, and and I would do more of it, but mine's more in a you know more in a comedic vein. Yeah, right. Because um, when you're when you do it in a comedic vein, it's more forgiving when you don't, you know, when you can't hit a high C or you can't drain you know every note that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's like hey, he's funny. Uh, he's he's funny. hysterical. Yeah. Look at him trying to sing. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would shoot for it's enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So when when do you start uh, the the show that you just booked? When do you when do y'all start filming that? Uh, a couple of weeks. We got the table read um, for two episodes on Tuesday, okay. uh, and then I'll start my costume fittings and everything next week. And then my first day of work is the eleventh, and uh, uh, they've got me they've got me held through the end of November. Heck but yeah, I think man. I've only got really two. Right now, as it stands, I think I've only got about two months worth of work. Okay, so what, it'll be can, fun. I'm looking forward to it. Can you tell us anything about the the character of the show? Uh, I can't let too much out okay. yet just because they haven't had too much in the way of press, but, uh, uh, it's set in the sixties, which is going to be fun. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, yeah. and, uh, um, it's, uh, it's, it's centered around, uh, chemistry in the sixties. That's as far as I can okay. comfortably say, like a, uh, but like, if you want to know more than if you look up Brie Larson and what she's got going on, you'll find okay. more okay. information on, on what's going on. So is it like legal chemistry, or were you talking Breaking about... Breaking Bad meets the <laughs> Brady Bunch? <laughs> like and, uh, yeah, like beakers and stuff. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Not Muppet beakers. Dude, uh, that'll that'll be fun. So with uh, Bateman producing, how I, I, I know very, very little about what producers actually do. Like, will he, will he be on set? I, I doubt it. Yeah. But again, I know he, based on what I've heard from him, he's a very hands-on very guy. Very hands-on, yeah. But I'm... But he's he's got his hands in a lot of pies. Yeah. I, I I feel like uh, I, I feel like he may have a presence at some point. I'm hoping because, quite honestly, I've been a Jason Bateman fan since Man, I was a kid. Right? No kidding. You know? Yeah. Because I wanted to be the kid in that sitcom uh, that he was in. I was like, dude, that's what I want to do. I want to do what he's doing. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know if you've ever listened to their podcast, Smartless. That's that's one of two podcasts I listen to besides ours, obviously. It Floor is snacks. so good. Yeah. So good. It's phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah. And I, it's the same, same as you. I've been a fan of his forever, and I, I love seeing the – he's one of the few guys that, like, if his name's attached to something, I will watch it. I might oh, not yeah. like it, I might, but I will, I will give it a shot just because he's attached. If you made him tell him I said hi, uh, he doesn't know me. He probably will never know me, but I'm just a big I'll fan. Sure. I'll bring a picture. I'll draw yes. it. You don't have to send me one. I'll just draw it okay. and say, hey. He says, just Hi. autograph it for me too, since so I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I personally don't like their podcast because I I feel like it's there are rivals. <laughs> I wish they were our rivals. Oh God, I wish they were scared of us. Yeah. That'd be awesome. if, if I'm your guest, uh, <laughs> oh, I think a different 
That's not true. No, no it's a great podcast. No, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. I, that and Conan are the only two that I watched. Um, yeah. Once we started, decided to do this, I was like, all right, I should watch some more. And I listened. I'm like, oh, I, I, it's going to affect my brain somehow. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to think of something, or I'm only going to be able to think of what they're doing or something. So I was like, nope, no more podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Except for four yeah, snacks. Yeah. <laughs> you also got me to keep you on your toes. That's true, yeah. Yeah, he's he's the so it's funny because he's a plumber and I'm a bartender, you know, by by day. And somehow we're doing this dad podcast with a bunch of other funny people. I love how I I love this this uh, I mean, us. We had Rick uh, Roberts on here and uh, we were talking about he he hit the the internet thing out of the park during COVID. Like I think he made more money during COVID because he he did everything. It was it was amazing, but. The one thing that we talked about is, is I think it's easy as like older comics to be like, screw all this YouTube and blah. Back in my day, you had to go eat it on stage. And, but man, like we, we wouldn't be doing this right now if, if it was back in the day, because you'd have to have a studio and a crew and like, you know, and it's so expensive. Yeah. 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 So it's so much easier for the random consumer to do something like this. Yes. Did you, did you fight the technology stuff at first or did you find yourself pretty easy? I mean, yeah, I, I did, and, and I still I still get irritated as hell over TikTok. Oh, and man, people, yeah. And I'll tell you this, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. So I was one of a small handful of actual actors. They brought in a lot of TikTok people. Now, wow. let me tell you why that irritated me. Uh, first, I'm like, okay, fine, you know, bring them in, whatever. But um, I, have, I have paid my dues in this business, and I, I, am, I am respected in certain circles. Um, and people know who I am in certain circles. Um, and so when you get on set, there's a level of treatment that you expect to have not, you know, like I don't have a God complex and don't expect to be weighted hand and foot, but you, you're treated like an asset when you're on set. So <laughs> when I got on this set, I started hearing about TikTok people or whatever, and they're bringing out swag left and right. They gave them director's chairs with their names on them. Oh, they're wow. giving them gift cards. They're giving them, you know, like uh, uh, um, uh, Yeti uh, uh, coolers. Right. Uh, they're giving them all this stuff, and they're doing it right in front of the actual working SAG actors. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys are like, we don't have Yetis. I want a Yeti. <laughs> why don't you pull them off to the side and do that instead of doing yeah. it right in front of the rest of us who aren't? And by the way, these TikTokers, one of them I looked up, they have, they only have 4,000 followers. Wow. I'm like, what? Yeah, that doesn't and even make sense. And now you're in my union? Now you share a vote in my union? <laughs> so are they actually a part of the union? They are now because really? they got taft partly in, which huh. means they allowed them the opportunity to be in the union. Now they right. just have to pay their union dues, and they have a SAG card, and their vote on anything counts just as much as mine does. Do you need to get on the, on the board? And Yeah. yeah. It's the idea. <laughs> I want to make. It we just told him something new he'd never thought about before. I should go run for the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad. Good so, luck I to mean, you, buddy. Their own, and I don't wish anybody. I, I don't want to take any, you know, wish for success away from somebody who wants a larger stage. But it's just frustrating when you have paid your dues yeah, for right. twenty years, uh, and and you're seeing someone who's been in it for two seconds get better treatment than you. Yeah. Uh, and when uh, you know you you have you've done you've done the dirty work. As well, absolutely. As an outsider, I view those as two completely different lanes, right? T yeah. There's TikTok, and then there's acting. Yeah. And yeah. like, stay in your. I'm I'm fully on board with you, man. Yeah. I, I, well, that's the thing I noticed with a lot of um, 
people that are doing stand up, like headlining clubs, as seen on YouTube, as seen on TikTok, and like again, yeah, I'm not. If you can get on stage and do an hour and a half of good material, then more power to you. But like, there's that part of me is like, I, you know, to get my first ten minutes, I probably spent six months just eating it on stage until I figured it out. You know, yeah. it's 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 hard to. But on the on the on the absolute flip side of that is there's been a lot of funny stuff that I've seen on TikTok and YouTube that made me laugh, and I wouldn't have laughed had it not been a, a platform. So like it's yeah. there's a lot of content, but I think it's yeah, like you said, Cooper, just keep it separate. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if that's the I, case, um, I've what we're on our seventh episode. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna start making national commercials. <laughs> I, I've, I've put I've put my time. In. Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, Subway! You know? <laughs> I've got a podcast. I think you should respect. I've got me. a decent background too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and I get tired of, or I, I used to back in the day when when you find people that knew how to manipulate the internet because it was still fairly new oh, into yeah. getting themselves success um, for no reason because I don't. There there are certain comics out there that knew how to uh, use the internet to their advantage and ended up getting name recognition, but are not funny. Uh, and I don't want to mention any names, but Dane Jerry Cook. Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, you Dane can Cook. mention that name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jerry paid his dues. No, man. yeah, he yeah, no. He's a comics comic, yeah. I hated, I hated uh, his, his uh, movie Comedian because it wasn't based in reality for somebody like us. Hey, I think right. we're going to do Letterman tonight. Oh, you are. Yeah. Is that what you're going to do? Going to yeah. work some time at Letterman? <laughs> I think I've got a new joke. I want to go run by Leno. I think I'll do. Hey, Jay, can I? <laughs> right. Can you bump Mandela? I want to come by and do a yeah. new joke. Yeah. Let me let me call Larry David. See if he likes <sighs> God, this yeah. bit. It was the entertaining show. The comedian was, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like, especially for somebody that's not on that level and living in Nashville too. Watching these guys in New York just bop around. Let's yeah. we'll swing by the cellar. Oh, why don't you just shut up, Jerry Seinfeld? Yep, yep. Just pop in the cellar. Yeah. Just gonna pop in and just go up. But yeah. anyway, you're about to make fun of Dane Cook. Go ahead. Uh, no, I just uh, that's about as much respect and attention I want to give Dane Cook. Okay, fair enough. That yeah. I, that uh, I, I I don't I don't like him. Apparently, loud equals funny. Yeah. Uh, and and finding ways to get people to manipulate the internet to make you look good, Didn't, even though you're not good. Wasn't he also a joke stealer? There, oh. there were uh, allegations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you uh, if you ask most comics, they'll say at least of a certain age of a certain demographic, they'll say, yeah, he. he. So I, I almost my wife and I uh, almost didn't make it because early in our relationship, she told me a Dane Cook bit. Oh. I, and I, 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 I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I say, what now? And she goes, yeah, yeah, I love him. I'm like, all right. So. Now she at least knows not to bring him up. <laughs> yep. 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 But he did, you know, it, but at the same time, you know, you, you, you play by the rules that are there. And if, if you can, I, I don't hate, I don't hate a person for being successful in a no. way other than how I did it. It just, like, like you said, when it's new and it's getting manipulated and, and I mean, but a lot of people did that too. It wasn't just, well, I, I, I think too, like when you look at, because the idea, you know, obviously with a lot of us, you know, you, you start at one place to get to another. You yeah. want to get into TV and film and stuff like that. And you see how long he lasted in TV and film. Right. Yeah. And he, he was relying on something else, not necessarily his. Name recognition. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it wasn't his talent. Yeah. But... Nope. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, like I said, and, I, and I'll say it again. I don't wish anybody 
you know, ill or, or not to have success because whatever your dream is, you know, by all means, as long as you're not hurting people and you're entertaining and helping the world, then by all means, go get it any way you yeah, can. Right, but I just right. don't have respect for somebody who did that when I spent 15 years on the road doing one-nighters yeah. for people, uh, you know, and making 150 bucks. Um, and, Wait, and, you made 150 bucks? How did you make 150 bucks? <laughs> that was in the comedy club days. Okay. Comedy club boom days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I made as much as, not to brag, $600 in a week. That's not bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, when I first started, there was some comic around town that had been out. He got, he kind of started really, really quickly and got in underneath like a record company or something. So they just like wrote him an hour material and started you know, putting them out there and everything. And I remember on the, on the Nashville comic forum, he said something about, yeah, they jipped me, you know, like $800, blah, blah, blah. And we're all like, whoa, you could have made $800 telling jokes. What are you complaining about? We'll sign up. They can treat me however they want. If they're going to give me $800, are you serious? Yep, I'll give you a sponge bath on 60 minutes for $800. Yeah. I wouldn't be nearly take $800 to do it. I'd do it for much less than that, but uh, so we lost the Dane Cook crowd. Who else do we want to lose today? <laughs> what about Bill Cosby? What's your thought on Cosby? Oh boy! Oh, what a true gem in society, man. Am I right? You know what's what? sad? What's sad about him is to this day he is the best. I saw him at TPAC, and he's the best. And he was 112 years old. He was the best comic I've ever seen. This was obviously before everything came out, but like it sucks that people got hurt. It sucks that they're such a big part of American entertainment history like a huge part that's now tainted with that it, it, the whole situation yep. sucks yeah well i'll just i'll just say this one of the one network that's out there a tv network is called tv one and i've done some shows for tv one but they're still playing cosby show episodes really like wow. shame on what are you doing like not i mean and it's an urban network too and so they you know you they promote which is awesome and i've had a great time on every set that i've been on of theirs uh, but man, you're still playing Cosby episodes. Like, yeah. have you seen a have you seen a home screen or a newspaper in the past? <laughs> Just uh, maybe uh, maybe Google uh, what the cast is up I, to now. <laughs> I wonder what that demographic they're going for and is watching. Still oh, that's watching. A, that's a oh. good question. I bet like really old people that grew up don't believe it, or it's fake yeah. news, right? Or or kids that don't know any. But I don't know. That's yeah. that's just it's such a good show too. That oh, it is oh. a great show and. Oh. By the way, I don't know if you noticed this or knew this, but do you remember what he did for a living on that show? It was a doctor. Oh, oh. And do you remember where his office was? In the basement. Of his house? What did, oh, what did right. he What did he do? He was a doctor, and, and Claire was a, a lawyer. He was a baby doctor. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was a what doctor? He was a baby doctor. Oh, and we learned on our second episode where babies come from. This yeah. isn't good. Yeah. This is not good. Baby doctor in the basement. Was he a was he a writer on the show at all? I think he did. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm if he sure wrote. he had something. I, I bet he had something to do with everything. Yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah put this in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This will be great. All right. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to know about Brandon Cooper? No, I think we summed it up. I do. Before we check out, I would like for you to plug everything you got going on. Yeah, anything that people can can go and check out that you'd like for them to check out. Yeah, I mean, if if you're uh, if uh, keep your eye out on the History Channel and and also on their Instagram and social stuff because uh, uh, you'll see uh, Gaius Falco. He's the head's ground, head groundskeeper for the Colosseum in ancient Rome, 
Dude, I and saw a. I like that name a lot. I, I saw just the still picture you posted, and I go, "I'm gonna watch that. Whatever it is, I'm watching whatever Brandon's doing because that's awesome." Yep, he's a he's a guy from. He's got like a jersey. Uh, you know, hey, you guys, Falco, how you doing? I'm a groundskeeper for the uh, Coliseum. So there's there's that. There's a whole. I mean, there's going to be a whole series of promos for that. Uh, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial, obviously, keep your eyes open for that. Um, uh, Lessons in chemistry. That's what we're starting to film uh, okay. next month. Uh, also, the Exeter podcast. Uh, oh yeah, it's uh, produced by AMC and Sundance. It's a it's one of those like um, you know like a uh, cop puts somebody away and they get out and there's uh, someone going around town killing people with a hammer. Um, and uh, and that one that one's it's super fun. It's got Gene Triplehorn. Uh, I mean, it's got some it's got some big names uh, in the podcast as well. Um, what else? Um, I mean, that's that's what I got going on. If you, if you find yourself out at uh, in L.A. Uh, come by Universal Studios Hollywood. I do improv at Universal Studios Hollywood. Oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fun. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. I'm going to come out there just for that. Yeah, yeah. We were going to go eat after this podcast, but let's go to <laughs> let's go to Hollywood. Let's leave Nash my, Vegas and go to Hollywood. My wife also said something about Dane Cook the other day, so here we come. Yeah. <laughs> what uh what what uh, channel is the uh, crap? Say the name again. The Bateman Show. Uh, uh, lessons in chemistry. Which, Apple TV. Course. Apple TV. Apple TV. Okay. Yeah. Right. And we're just we just started filming, so it's going so to be some time before it's it yeah. comes out. But uh, but just uh, that's that's the next thing I have coming up. Well, let me just tell you how good we are at editing podcasts. It's going to be a while before this airs. So we. <laughs> <laughs> like Twenty twenty five. Yeah 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 yeah. It'll be yeah. uh. So he was in a show three years ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like for you to plug your um your your acting lesson. Oh, the class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, above the, it's called Above the Line Acting Studio. Um, you can go to my website. It's brandon-gibson.com. Uh, and you can see, I mean, you can see demo reels of mine. You can see what I got coming up TV and film-wise. Um, and uh, also you can find information out about the class if, you, if you're if you into it. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, so, I mean, you can get just about anything you want on, on that site. And I'm developing, I'm writing See, I've I've got a movie that's in development right now, and I've got oh. three TV shows that are in development that are mine. Uh, but those I can't speak yeah. on yet. Yeah, yeah. But All right. suffice it to say, I'm creating more stuff that's of my own doing. Well, just remember, I do a podcast. If <laughs> if you need an, a really good actor, Listen, you're, yeah. the, the podcast world is the first place I'm going to cast. It should want to now go to TikTok first, and then if you can't yeah, find what you're looking for there, go into yeah. the podcast. Priorities. I got to keep my priorities yeah. in line. Yeah. So with with your own uh, movies and 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 film and or TV shows and stuff, have you been to this process this stage before? And if so, like. How likely is it that somebody picks it up and it actually goes forward with with your project? Um, I've had my own production company now for about eight or nine years, um, and uh, and I produced a lot of television. Uh, we actually produced a, uh, uh, which I think you know this, uh, Brian. Uh, we produced a uh, uh, a retool of Hee Haw a few years ago. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep. Oh, I've forgotten about that. But never never any teeth sunk in because there were a couple of uh, network heads that cycled out and some network heads were into it and then they cycled out and went to another network and the new one was like no we've already got something like this or we've already doing you know we're doing another thing or whatever so you know to say is something going to land is something going to bite ideally what you want is if you produce a pilot you want somebody uh, you want it to be on somebody else's dime yeah and and if you they like the pilot you want to be able to go for a season 
And if they like that season, you want them to go for a second season. So, you know, it's a big world with a lot of big names creating a lot of content out yeah. there. But the good thing for guys like me is there are so many new places to take this content. Yeah. So we may not get as money as as much money as like, a, you know, a CBS or something like that. But like, uh, you know, Roku has a bunch of channels. Yeah. I know what I'm talking to right now that owns six TV networks that are smaller networks, but he still offers anywhere up to three hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand dollars an episode. Wow. That's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So should, there's a, there are a lot of resources out there if you have the right content for the right person. You should do that one. You should do the four hundred thousand dollar one. That's the one you should. I think you should do. All right, let me write that yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell <laughs> him you know you know a podcaster that, that signed off. On yeah. It. yeah. Well, what's what's funny is uh, we bought a new TV a couple months ago. Um, I didn't even notice it had its own uh, live TV built into it. It was, yeah. it was like it was Samsung's. Samsung? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, oh, really? and I was just scrolling through it, and I was like, man, here's these secondary people off like a reality yeah. TV show I liked now have their specifically own station. Okay. It's yep. like, wow. Yep. You're not even yep. that you're just, you were just okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Just, you yeah. just remind me that we're paying more now for all these streaming than I was for dish network 10 years ago. I did, <laughs> streaming is the way to go, man. <sighs> yeah. <it was> just, <laughs> anyway. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have cable right now if I didn't need Dodger baseball. Because there's only one cable service out here that offers Dodger baseball, and you get every game. So I keep it just for Dodger baseball. That makes sense. The you don't just they don't they're not just on like CBS out there, really? Nope. Oh, man. It's too much money involved, right? Oh, that's true. Yep. I forgot. Yep. I keep forgetting about money. <laughs> money, money's a big uh, it's a big thing. Oh. Well, man, thank you so much for hanging out with us, bro. I, I sincerely, yeah. it's good seeing you again. I'm glad you're doing good. Yeah, uh, man. Are you gonna Go be back? back? Poker with us again. Are y'all y'all are still doing it? Yeah, buddy, we're still doing it. We're we're two and a half years in now. That's awesome. It was yeah. cool playing poker. Just side note, because it was like all these different people in the industry from all different walks all over the country. Like, it was a pretty fun time, and they yeah, cheated a lot. Play we play we play on Monday nights. We get the you know we got the poker room, my own room, and then uh, we do a Zoom at the same time so we can give each other shit. You know, and yeah. and uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It was it was kind of the thing that kept us sane during the lockdown. Oh, yeah. That's where you get your social interaction. You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to tell my wife that you do it on Zoom, um, but I'm I'm going to come out there. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yep. yep. We'll keep that quiet. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Nobody. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll record a podcast instead of on Tuesdays <laughs> and Thursdays. It's on Monday nights now. <laughs> well, man, God bless you, buddy. It was good seeing you. Um, are you going to be back this way anytime soon, or are you just you out there? You don't have any ties to Nashville other than just when you moved here, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay. And the only thing that would bring me back that way is another TV show. Um, yeah. Uh, or some sort of project out that way. I don't have any ties left over there. And, and uh, uh, so, you know, anything, and it's in, you know, if I'm going to be out there, it's more likely Atlanta than, than anything right, else. Yeah. You go to yeah. Branson and work the bus at, in Branson, the new bus. I would love to. <laughs> Just for old times. We can edit this part out, Cooper, but Gil, our, our bus driver, Gil, like once every three or four months, he's like, hey, when are you coming back? I go, Man, I'm, I'm not doing that now. Blah blah blah. I go, uh, and besides, I'm old and fat and retired. He goes, everybody's fat now. Leslie, even Leslie, did you get her pregnant? <laughs> like, but you. I was like, man, I'm just giving you crap. I miss, I miss that. I ought to come back and do one every now and again just to give them crap. But yeah, they're they're good people. I sent I sent uh, Richmond my uh, my camo Crocs and the Jack Daniels cut off shirt. Yeah, I said hang it on the bus. Oh, hang it right up the field drives. Man, if I still had. 
any of my overalls, I'd I'd give it to him to put them up. That's a good idea. Yeah. Right. Oh, by the way, those overalls that I used to wear when it was cold, mm-hmm. uh, you'll 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 see those in the uh, in the Dunkin' Donuts spot. No way. Sweet. Yep. Sweet. Sweet. Yep. Sweet. All right, Cooper. Do you need anything else? No, I think we're good. Brand, anything else you need, Brandon? No, man. If you guys are happy, I'm happy. I'm pro- I just appreciate you guys uh, having me on. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. It, it was fun. I think. I think because uh, this is geared almost all towards dads, and so I think. There's a lot of dads. I know even I've, I know a little bit about this industry, but it was still fascinating to hear like the behind the scenes stuff that that you gave us. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you yeah, so much for coming my on. Pleasure. All right, buddy. Thank All you right. so much for coming on today, Brandon. Uh, good luck and everything else you do, and uh, keep in touch with us. Let us know when the new stuff's coming out. Thanks, guys. I will, and right. I appreciate the uh, uh, the time on. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. Good. Appreciate the time, Joe. All right, buddy. You take care. Thank you, Brandon. You got it. All right. Right. See you, bud. Yeah, that was a blast. That was so much fun. Got to glad we got to catch up and, and hear about all the stuff that's going on with Brandon. Um, it was very entertaining. But we've got one more question to ask. Are we better dads now? I'll tell you what. I think I am. I think hearing how uh, personalized Brandon interacts with each of his kids, I think that's something obviously uh, very important. But the way he's encouraging his son, his youngest son to go into uh, entertainment if he wants to, but to be smart about it. Like that's, you know, it, it, it always kills me how many people that are successful in the entertainment industry grew up in LA and New York. Yeah. Like everybody did just about. Absolutely. And they have that support, that, those connections, all that kind of stuff. So I, I've appreciate how Brandon is going about handling that with his kids. And it's, it's, I think it's, it's going to challenge yeah. me. To very be individually focused on Bo and make sure I'm giving him what he needs, not what I think he needs. I, I like that, Brian. Thank you, buddy. That's very good. I'm trying um, to just be a better dad. What I've after that interview, man, um, I feel I'm not a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Oh, I will no. never be able to be that successful for my children. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. We've got 17 <laughs> listeners. <laughs> no, it's um, it's it's good to see that there are other good fathers out there. It always encourages I th- me. Really I does. think there's going to be a more healthier generation 100%. after us. Now, we need to get a lot more guys on board yeah. like that, but um, from like the fathers that were before us, yeah. uh, man – be, there's been tremendous hopefully steps. uh hopefully this actually the the good father thing does work its way down and then you know Bo and ellie's kids <laughs> are gonna be fantastic yeah and then their kids are gonna be fantastic. i would I, imagine i think that's I, not to get too uh philosophical but i think that's the way you change your the world right is you set an example you be a good person for your kids and their friends and then hopefully it's like a pyramid scheme they get 12 people <laughs> under them who get 12 people under them then the world's a better place yeah everybody gets a pink hair like <laughs> um what what i've noticed because i've heard a lot more stories of um mothers not being involved these days really and it's almost like that shifted or something yeah well, or they had, they had a hard acceptable. run. They need they need a couple <laughs> they years. They need a off. break. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but maybe it's just maybe that's just what I've noticed. In or or maybe it's becoming something that's not you know taboo to talk about deadbeat moms right. and good dads. Like right. it's it's they never they did not have that. They could barely vote. <laughs> yeah. 
couldn't get a credit card you uh, know what were they supposed to do they had to stay home and take care of the kids and uh, clean and cook let's give them let's give them a little bit of a break now but now i think you're hearing more honest and accurate stories about parenting because of social media and you get to see yeah. okay people struggle like i mean this podcast like we talk about the crap the struggles with. yeah yeah and you hear okay and it's okay yeah that's okay. That's what we're here for. So thank you, Brandon, for making us better dads. <laughs> or well, me a better dad, Cooper. Brian, not me. Uh, Cooper. Thanks for showing me the truth. All right, <laughs> All right dads. Y'all All right. take care. We'll All see right. you next time. All right, guys. Thank y'all.